Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 46 of the Commando Voice. On this episode, I speak to the founder of Pope Chiropractic. Please welcome Dr. Ray Pope. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. On this episode, I got to speak to Dr. Ray Pope, who is the founder of Pope Chiropractic and has been my chiropractor since I was about five years old. So I've uh, known him for quite a while, um, and uh, I've been really excited to get him on the podcast because he, not only was he my chiropractor growing up uh, and to this day, but he has also been my science teacher and led many of my science labs throughout high school and um uh, anyways, he's just always been like this person that has always influenced me on the science and understanding of health, and um, he's done so much study and everything in that. So um, really excited to get him on the podcast, especially during this time, um, not specifically uh, COVID-related, but in health-related of general keeping up with um, keeping your body healthy, keeping your mind healthy. Um, so we actually go through some things, some key principles that he goes that he believes uh, chiropractic really follows, such as like the five keys of your of health, um, as well as BAM, an acronym which stands for balance, agility, and movement. So anyways, we get into all that and more. Uh, and lastly, his son, Zach, Dr. Zach Pope now also works with him in the chiropractic business. So we talk a little bit about that. Um, so without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Dr. Ray Pope. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice. On this episode, I have the founder of Pope Chiropractic. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Ray Pope. Hi, Brandon. Hey, thanks Good to for, be here. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Um, oh, yeah. So before we get started with everything, uh, tell us a little about, about Dr. Ray. <laughs> well, um, where do you want to begin? There's a lot. I've been around for almost... 60 years, so. <laughs> well, where did you grow up? Uh, I actually uh, grew up in Rochester, New York. So I am a New Yorker by uh, uh, born and bred. And uh, <laughs> however, I, I got smart and I left when I was 18 and I never looked back. <laughs> oh, what was it? Uh, what was it like growing up over there? Uh, very matter of fact, you know, around here, people tend to be a lot more uh, sensitive of other people's um, feelings. And in New York, you know, that's kind of not as important, I guess. So you, you get um, so you recognize that at least people are very honest with their feelings, <laughs> where some other places in the world, it doesn't seem like uh, people are, you know, willing to speak out what they think. Right. I wonder why that is, if it's just the the intensity of New York or, or what it is that causes that. I don't have the answer to that one. <laughs> it is different, though. Yeah. And I like it better out here. <laughs> okay, very cool. So um, did, do you have a lot of uh, like friends that you had in high school and stuff that still live over in Rochester? 
Yeah, I do. I have. Uh, I went back to my 40th high school reunion last year, and it was interesting. Uh, a lot of the my my high school, small high school, 125 people in my class. And wow. They were all. Most of them, you know, still live back east. Very few of us are smart and came out to the west coast. So, <laughs> but it's it is. I'm I'm glad I moved. We have a, a much more, you know, there we used to joke that we had 10 months of winter and two months of lousy tobogganing. <laughs> yeah, no, the weather over there is not exactly, I, I was never over there like up that far north, but like just the being there for just as it started to heat up, man, that was just killer. <laughs> yeah, summers are, are rough and humidity is high and mosquitoes are prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. We live in the eternal spring here and back east, uh, you know, you get three days of spring. Yep. <laughs> oh, very cool. All right. So um, when did you get interested in like th- throughout high school and stuff? Was there anything that kind of drew you to the interest of becoming a doctor? Was it from family or, or education? Yeah, I always, when I was a kid, I liked the ambulances driving by and I thought, oh, I'd love to be an ambulance driver. And so, <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody wants to either be a firefighter or an ambulance driver, you know, I mean, yeah. at that, as a child. So when I, when I got into college, I had the opportunity, I was a biology major and I have the opportunity to become an EMT. Uh, and so I got nationally registered as an EMT and worked for uh, about three and a half years on ambulance. So I actually fulfilled my dream while I was going to college. Oh, very cool. How was that experience for you then? It was good. It was eye-opening. We, I, I realized that uh, most accidents involve alcohol. I don't think that's any big surprise. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of um, you know, people... Uh, drunk drivers. This is in mostly New Jersey, a little bit in New York, and um, I'm sure it's the same or was the same here at the time. This is in the early 80s. And I realized also that if I did pursue a healthcare career, I didn't want to deal with blood and guts and bodily fluids. Yeah. So, <laughs> so chiropractic was the perfect solution for me. Yeah. So how did you kind of come across chiropractic in your looking at different medical fields? Well, it was, you know, I wouldn't say it was a direct route, but I, I quickly started to realize even when you're talking about uh, you know, something as simple as getting in a car and driving, that could be a reactive thing for the EMTs and police, or it could be a preventive thing by not getting in the car and driving while you're intoxicated. Mm-hmm. And so I realized very quickly that it's better to prevent than it is to treat. Ah, yeah, that's really interesting because that's definitely like, yeah, you're on either end of the spectrum of that. Sure. And chiropractic is, you know, we do have a injury, uh, you know, injury 
prevention or injury recovery aspect to it. I mean, we deal with a lot of um, things, symptoms, headaches, neck pains, low back pain, radiating pain down the leg sciatic, you know, and, but there's also a lot of prevention to, you know, increasing uh, resiliency, wellness, restoration, um, and improved health. Yeah. Well, and it, for me, it was something, you know, we, we moved over here when I was like five and, um, you know, we started coming, seeing you guys. Um, it was just you at the time in your house, but, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's my introduction to chiropractic was very early on in life. Um, so that was something that like, it's continued to be a big part of my life. And I, it's weird to me when I come across people that haven't even like, there's people I come across that have never been to a chiropractor. Sure. And there's people that still drive drunk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so it doesn't mean that, you know, we, we can change. We can find uh, new ways to stay healthy. And I think that's where chiropractic is, uh, you know, a leading uh, health care uh, industry, if you will. You know, mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time uh, learning about what maintains, how to create and maintain health and wellness. And so it it does lend itself to a a real natural approach. We're not doing drugs. We're not doing surgery. We're working with the body and with the, the structure of the body and the neurological system of the body to help maintain health. Yeah. So then where did you, where did you end up going to school for your chiropractor? Mm. Well, I, I did all my undergrad back east in New York and West Virginia, and then I went to chiropractic school in South Carolina. There's about a dozen, maybe 15 chiropractic schools in the country. Um, there's a couple in Europe. There's a couple in Australia. There's one in Japan. So, I mean, right now, you know, there's there's probably 20 schools around the world and they um, all teach this, uh, you know, the, the secret knowledge and specialized skill of chiropractic. <laughs> yeah, well, that's really interesting that there's so few schools around the world that teach it. I'm assuming that means, like, certain countries probably don't actually have any chiropractors in country and stuff. Actually, what's ha- it's it's a uniquely American institution. It was uh, started in, in 1995, not 19, 1895. Mm. So we've had like a hundred and what 25 years of chiropractic uh, as a profession, and it was originated in Davenport, Iowa. And, you know, so the schools naturally started out as an American institution, and that became the fountainhead of chiropractic worldwide. And so most all of the people who came from other countries studied in the United States, even up until I graduated in 1985 from uh, Sherman College. And that uh, I had probably a dozen uh, Kiwis, you know, those New Zealanders in my class, uh, one Mexican, uh, two people from France. So, it, you know, it is definitely an international, um, everybody came to America yeah. back then. And now, since there are some other schools around the world, the, there are, um, it's it's spreading 
Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and there's more, you know, I've, I've noticed there's more, I mean, throughout my life, I guess, I, I, rec- I see them more often. Like, I remember trying to find them was sometimes difficult if we went out or were out and about or something like that. And it feels like they're a little bit more common, but um, still, it's still, I still meet people that don't, haven't done it, so it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, very cool. So then when did you, where did you start your career then? So you were in South Carolina. How did, where did you go from there? Well, I got licensed in New Jersey, but I knew that I didn't want to live back east. And my wife, we had a young family. I was married and had uh, um, Zachary who's now Dr. Zach in the office. And we decided that we wanted to move to the West Coast. And so here we came to Seattle area and we ended up uh, starting a practice in Edmonds. And I, that practice is actually still, still going. I've had a different doctor, two doctors uh, who have taken that one over in the meantime. But I, I lasted in Edmonds for about four years and decided I needed to get out into the country. So I moved my young family, uh, three kids and wife, two dogs, a bunch of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you met me. Okay. Up here to, so. Very cool. So then what was the, so I, I'm assuming, so if you, when you started the practice down in Edmonds, was that because like you couldn't find another practice that you wanted to work with and then under, or was it, it just was the easiest, it was the best solution at the time. Yeah. Uh, Edmund seemed to, to answer us in originally. And we, my wife was, uh, interested in midwifery. And so we wanted to keep her close enough that she could go to the Seattle midwifery school uh, down there. And so that's why we ended up, we loved Edmonds. It was beautiful. And, found an office right down near the waterfront and, uh, you know, did very well, very fast. Uh, and, but took on an associate who I was able to sell the office to and still move up here, um, about five after four or five years. Okay. Very cool. So then when you guys moved up here, was your plan to, um, I mean, obviously you, you ended up starting another office within your house. Was that kind of like, was that supposed to be a short-term thing, or was your kind of goal to continue to do that for a while? <laughs> yeah, I don't think m- many, most people don't know that I did start out of my house, but we, we go back a long way, Brandon. <laughs> you were a cute little guy. Uh, <laughs> and um, it, I don't know, what, you know, it's if one of those things, if you want to make God laugh, you know, make plans for the future. So... <laughs> Um, I suppose, you know, I wanted to, to get into um, some, you know, a little gentle farm here. And so we have five acres and we do a lot of gardening and some, we had sheep for a while. We've had chickens for the entire time we've lived here. Um, a little small greenhouse. And I mean, I guess living the good life, you know, there was a popular book back, back in the 80s and I, I read it and um, decided that I needed some room to to spread out and improve the quality of life for my kids and my family. Yeah. What book was that? I, I believe it was entitled, uh, you know, like Finding the Good Life or something like that. Okay. <laughs> there was a number of them. 
uh, back in the, you know, they're a kind of throwback hippie books. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. You'll have to uh, do a Google search sometime. I'm sure they're still in print on Kindle or something. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> very cool. So then um, how did you guys, this went back a little bit, but how did you guys discover Kamano Island then? Yeah, I, um, I was actually in transition working with a chiropractor in Smoky Point at the time. And on my lunch hours, I would take off and I'd start looking for some acreage. And uh, I ended up crossing the bridge. <laughs> Which was the most dangerous thing. You know, I mean, it's like, here I am in another world, and I'm like, it didn't take me long to figure, you know, the, the boy from New York got one look at Camino Island and decided that was the place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I've, I've said this before on the podcast, but it's, it's amazing how many people I, that I've interviewed, and that is like, they've driven on the island, and they knew right then that somehow they were going to live here. So that's very cool. So, um, so tell once you guys, you know, when you were in your house, how long did it take or when did you guys end up getting the, the other office that you guys had for a long time? Mm -hmm. Uh, that was actually after about four, four or five years. So I seem to have, you know, like every four or five years I had to to move my office <laughs> it was a short short move less less than a mile away so um but it it, uh, it was just too crowded you know i got too busy to have it out of my house and my little kids were riding bikes and playing in the driveway and the patients were driving in and driving out and i just felt very uncomfortable with uh that whole situation and we had outgrown the small space so we, yeah. we moved and, and then since now we actually are in our uh permanent home hopefully <laughs> right yeah <laughs> right next to you brandon uh, right at the commons yeah and we love it there yeah, no, I say it's between the Camino Globe and the Crab, and the Windermere Crab, we're right there in the shadow of the Crab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I know when when you guys were deciding to move here, I was like, perfect. Now it's like I can stop, see the family, see the business, and get adjusted at the same time. And then since yeah. since started working here, it's been great. There's I'm like, oh, my back is so out. So I'll run over and, and find out if you guys are have an opening. And um, the only downside is that you guys have actually become busy enough that I can't just, you know, <laughs> get in whenever I want. <laughs> yes. And, you know, now with the uh, coronavirus uh, crisis, things have changed where we used to accept walk-ins and that sort of thing now it's of course by appointment only mm. we're taking you know serious steps to to just make sure that um, everything is is perfectly sanitized and that all the providers are wearing masks and we're washing hands constantly um, and yeah. uh, you know and, and so I mean that part of that is just living in this day and age and dealing with the uh, situation at hand and but with 11 employees uh, which I am one of them we have uh, a pretty um, you know, sensible way of moving forward through this. Yeah. So how has that been? How has the whole situation kind of affected, 
I guess one, the business, but two, how, you know, what, what are your kind of general thoughts on it? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm very, I feel very blessed that I'm able to, you know, stay open uh, where uh, both, you know, chiropractic physicians are and considered essential. In my book, everybody is essential. So I don't even like that term, but I am uh, happy that we are able to continue to serve our, our clientele and mm-hmm. our, and the people in the community. Um, we have noticed, uh, of course, uh, quite a drop off initially when a lot of people, you know, didn't uh, have the confidence to even venture out because we didn't really know what we were dealing with or the the, the degree uh, of uh, risk that we were taking. So, um, so there's there's that uh, end of it. So it, our our business certainly dropped uh, precipitously in the first three to four weeks, and then right. slowly has started to creep back. And I don't know how far into this we are. It seems like years, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, we are are certainly the number of people that we're serving has increased, um, not to normal levels, but we're getting closer. Right. Right. Um, so then kind of along those same lines, um, what are kind of the best steps for us to take as, as I guess, as a community, um, to continue to fight against COVID-19? That's actually one of the reasons why I was excited to be on your podcast, Brandon, is because I, I see that, you know, there certainly is a time and a place to focus on disease and sickness. It's the, although when we do focus on disease and sickness, it is by definition a reactive method. Yeah. And what what chiropractic, I think, in essence, is meant to do is to be very proactive, focus not on sickness but on health. Mm-hmm. And I so. Moving forward, as you know, now that we can kind of look at the science and at the statistics, the valid statistics that are out there, and put things into perspective, I think we're seeing that now is a great time, and it's always a great time to focus on health. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's, we talk about the five keys to health, and I'd love to share those with with you and your listeners. Yeah. And uh, that way, you know, people can say, oh, you know what, I'm ready to move on with life. I want to make sure that my my health is optimized because that makes sense to me. And it doesn't matter whether it's COVID-19 or influenza A or uh, any other diseases, you know, even the chronic diseases that kill so many people, Um, disease and uh, cancers and uh, you know we're still talking huge numbers that far exceed anything that we would are seeing with with this uh, coronavirus crisis. Right. So so staying healthy should be the goal of every person. Avoiding disease, yeah, that's important. But staying healthy, I think, is far more important. 
So the five keys um, that we talk about constantly in our office. Of course, spinal health is the essence of chiropractic. We want to make sure that our, our nerve system's functioning properly. We want to make sure that structurally our joints are working right. Posture is important. Um, full oxygenation with uh, good joint and uh, posture function is essential for for health uh, from a spinal standpoint. And that is certainly the essence of chiropractic. It's what we do most of, but we also deal with nutrition. That's another component. We encourage uh, people to, you know, eat healthy foods. You, you definitely can make yourself sick by eating the wrong things. <laughs> and therefore, therefore you can make yourself healthy by eating the right things. So whole foods, uh, we do some targeted supplements in the office, but uh, most of those are, um, you know, available to people who have an interest in just staying healthy. You know, we talk a lot about vitamin D, the uh, omega-3 essential fatty acids, mm -hmm. uh, just good uh, whole food nutrition, basically. And then hydration of course, is another thing that's super important for health. And so many people don't even think about it. Uh, we yeah. spend a lot of time drinking um, coffee, which <laughs> actually is a diuretic. And <laughs> as much as it's delicious and Camino Island coffee is my go-to, is, is that a good shameless plug for you? <laughs> that's great. That's great. <laughs> okay, good. Whatever I can do. So um, as much as coffee is wonderful, um, you know, we're, we're drinking... Uh, not enough water. And yeah. so we do want to make sure that hydration, it's, it's essential. It's very inexpensive too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I encourage people to, to drink, uh, you know, plenty of water. Yeah. And you can the, make it uh, zero waste, you know, you can have your own water bottle and, and fill it up. Oh, places, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's one of those, those keys to health that gets overlooked and it's one of the simplest things that you can do. Yeah. Uh, along those same lines is, uh, you know, uh, proper rest, sleep, you know, good sleep. These are all like essential for recovery. Uh, mental attitude is going to be another key. You know, we talk a lot about um, positive, um, you know, PMA, positive mental attitude. I think it goes beyond that. I, I like to uh, think about health aspects of the positive outlook certainly but also mindfulness and then uh, spiritual certainty especially in times you know last time i looked everybody will at least die at some point mm -hmm. we don't want to be stupid and do things that are reckless whether we're dealing with a virus or a car right. but we also recognize that it's going to happen at some point that we will die yeah. so having a, an attitude of saying okay how can i live as healthy as i can until that point is really important yeah so and then finally we talk a lot about um movement which we we use the acronym bam which stands for balance agility and movement and so we're talking those things are essential for you know the dance of life so to speak yeah movement so just recapping real quick 
the five keys, because it was interspersed throughout it, could you just again, <laughs> real quick, list sure. the five keys again? Sure. I'll start with spinal health, okay. nutrition, sleep, movement, and attitude. Sleep, movement, attitude. Got it. Very cool. Um, and then through that, then, you guys have continued to build um, your, like, the business has continued to expand outside of just chiropractic. Is, is that moving in those directions of, of hitting and maintaining those five keys? Yes. You've, you've just had a peek into our business model. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an umbrella, and it's all wellness. Uh, you know, we're, we, we definitely, are, our motto is injury recovery and wellness restoration for children and adults. Okay. Very cool. Um, so then what are, what are some ways like that we can be kind of working towards those different keys during this time then? Well, now everybody has all the time in the world, mm -hmm. it seems like. Um, so a lot of people are doing the right thing. They're getting into their gardens and uh, growing food. You can't get any fresher than what you picked that morning and eat that afternoon. And, uh, you know, we're getting a lot of uh, fresh air, sunshine. That's where the vitamin D, it get, it's better to, to get it absorbed into our skin naturally than it is to take a supplement. But um, unfortunately, one of the things of living in an area where we do have eternal spring is... Uh, not enough sun enough of the year yeah so that means supplements are kind of the the way that we have to uh, add vitamin d to our our system so so there are times you know between certain periods where the sun angle is is out and we can take a shirt off or something and have some skin exposed and actually get natural vitamin d um, and then Obviously, movement, you know, we want to make sure our joints are working right so we can out there and walk in the state parks now that they're all open. And, yeah. Um, it's just building strength, building balance, increasing ability. Those are all things that are important to children. And they also are even more important to adults as, as we age because if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, that's, I mean, we've been, you know, I'm, I'm now 31, but uh, trying to, you know, I've continued to, I played soccer throughout my life and, you know, definitely in the last few years, it's been more apparent. I mean, even in the last five years, really, um, like actually having to stretch before playing and stretching afterwards and doing cool down, doing warm up and seeing significant difference in doing those things. Like, but I want to continue to play soccer so that I can continue to play longer, you know, later in life. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And that's one of the things that's so important about improving our health in any way we can. We start to do the thing we are allow, allowing our bodies to actually continue to do the things that we love to do, you know, and uh, increasing our ability to be active with our children and grandchildren and being able to participate fully with uh, someone else that we love, you know, mm -hmm. and life is not about um, staying inside. Life is about getting out and relating to other people. And um, I think that's where this, uh, a lot of people are kind of waking up to that idea um, 
because we're starting to see um, families that have been going in every different direction. All of a sudden, now they're all home together and they're having to figure it out. And so they're doing things like planting gardens and playing board games. And I mean, that's there's there's some wonderful aspects to uh, what we have experienced in the last two months. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's there's been and I've tried to focus on that in my other podcasts around COVID-19, things like that is, you know, some of the positive aspects that we've seen going on in our community um, and things like that through because of the effect of COVID. Right. So, um, all right. Very cool. So we we kind of touched on this earlier um, and I and I want to interview him as well. But I did want to go back a little bit and talk on. Um, you've, you've been working with Zach, um, Dr. Zach now, um, for quite a few years now, how did that kind of evolve over time and how did that kind of decision come into play to bring him on to work with you? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I, the, I, I would love to say that it was all planned from the beginning, <laughs> but, but none of it was. And uh, you were friends uh, with um, Zach's younger sibling, his brother, um, mm-hmm. probably more than with Zach. But at one point, he wanted to become a pilot, if I remember correctly. And, and I think at a certain point, he realized that his, his uh, vision was not perfect enough to go into that discipline. Yeah. And so he played around. He got a bachelor's degree in Spanish and then got one in biology and became a chiropractor. So I, all through chiropractic school, he went down to um, the University of Western States in Oregon and he never suggested that he might come up here and practice with me. Uh, and he is a surfer. And I imagined he was going out almost every other weekend going surfing. <laughs> and so to tell you the truth, I figured he'd get a Oregon license or a California license and go and find a little sleepy beach community and uh, practice and then surf when the surf was up. Yeah. But, um, in his last year of chiropractic school, he had already taken all of the boards and he, he came to me and he said, Hey dad, uh, do you have room in your office for me? And of course I'm like, it doesn't matter whether I have room, I will make room because (laughs) the idea of having him, you know, we get along very well. And I can honestly say we still have after, uh, I don't know, I think nine maybe going on 10 years of working together. Um, and he, so so it has uh, rekindled uh, my interest in health and wellness, and I was probably, uh, now I see it more as a legacy, you know, to that I can pass on to, to Dr. Zach. And he is actually taking over. I'm almost the secondary doctor in the office now. Well, I am. Okay. He, he does all, a lot of, most all the decision-making. Um, he still asks for my counsel quite a bit, but for the most part, uh, this is a new business, or this is a new uh, chiropractic office. It's not the one that you saw 15 years ago. Yeah. 
Well, that's that's very cool, and and I you know I definitely have some sort of understanding of that because with within my <laughs> my transition yes. to where I am now, um, neither none of that was planned either. That was, you know, my dad had sent me on my own trajectory as an engineer. And, yeah, um, you're using that engineering degree, aren't you? Yeah, every day for sure. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, it, it's you know I I think there's there's a great. Um, you know, I think one of the things, especially with, when it comes to family business and stuff, um, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of, there's additional things that go along with it, but at the end of the day, you get to work in a business with the people that you love and care about most. And there's just so much benefit to that, that outweighs the Mm -hmm. downside. Absolutely. Yep. So, and if you can do it on Camino Island in Washington state, (laughs) all the better. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. Um, so the first one is, do you have a lesser known or favorite location on Camino Island that you like to hang out? Uh, yes, I do. I, I enjoy um, what we used to call the DNR land. I think it's called uh, Ridge Park, Camino Ridge Park. Uh, park now okay and you get to it um, off of the ridge road or you can get to it from Cancun, and it's just beautiful quiet forest and there's system of trails that makes it pretty easy to go about four miles if you want to and it's super easy to get lost so a lot of people never go back <laughs> Either that, or maybe they just get lost and they never find home. I don't know, but it's always quiet when I go up there. Okay, very cool. That's a new one. I don't think anyone's mentioned that one yet. So, um, All right, pretend you have a friend coming from out of town, not during this period of time, but during hopefully more normal times. Um, what would their first day look like here? Hmm. Well, they would get Camino Island coffee right off of the, uh, you know, freshly ground and brewed. So that <laughs> that's just a given. And then we would sit and we'd talk with coffee in the early morning for a long time. And when it got warm enough, we'd go and check out the garden. And then I might take them to see my beehives. Ah, very cool. I know you interviewed a wonderful beekeeper not yeah. too long ago. Yeah. That was a great, a great interview. Yeah, it was fascinating. So I, I'm not doing things anywhere near to the scale, but <laughs> man, she is amazing. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it was really interesting learning a lot about that, that cult, you know, bees and, and how to main, keep, keep them healthy and maintain them and everything. So very, mm-hmm. very interesting. Very interesting. Um, nice. Very cool. Um, who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? All right. And then lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard on Camano Island, right as you're driving up the hill, what would that say? <laughs> the New York in me would say, turn around and go back. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll now just leave it at that. You, you turned away from those ways. 
<laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> uh, well, very cool. Thank you again so much for joining me on the podcast today and taking the time to talk with me. You're welcome, Brandon. It's been my pleasure. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Dr. Ray Pope for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, go to kamenocommons.com slash EP46. That's kamenocommons.com slash EP46. Thanks for listening and see you next time.